Welcome to CX and Chill, the real, raw, customer experience podcast from Exo Studios, the creative arm of ExtendOps. Today, our host Stephanie Todd dives deep with Wendy Dalton, the dynamo behind Halter Ego and Catalyst Group. From her star-studded recruitment days with powerhouses like Amazon and DreamWorks to unexpected encounters with Obama's chief economist, Wendy's journey is nothing short of captivating. This conversation is more than trading corporate ladders for horse saddles. It's a story of spotting gold mines, mastering the art of blending fashion with functionality, and the challenges of tailoring CX for niche clients. Enjoy! Hi, I'm Stephanie Todd, your host of CX and Chill. I'm excited today to have Wendy Dalton on. I have not been probably, I'm sorry for the other guests, but not as excited as I am. Like, I was Thank so you. giddy. I, am I couldn't so, even sleep. I was so I was excited. Like, I was so yeah, excited totally. to see her like, talk. How long? A long time. Too long. I don't know. I mean, yeah. we met on an elevator. Yes. <laughs> like, I had a Liked each other's shoes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that just, really the, cool. I think the shoes, the energy. Everything. Yeah. It was like, I don't know, I just felt this connection with you. Mm -hmm. It was cool. Actually, I was wondering how on earth could she walk around in those high heeled shoes? <laughs> Plus, Shop I look kind of yeah. like an Amazon woman because I'm already tall. And so I'm if someone not. can create high yeah. heels that lower based on the shoe size, that would be ideal. That'd no, be it was it was a good look. It was a good look. <laughs> I was I was uh, I don't know what it was. Sometimes you just connect with people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've actually ever connected with anyone that I became friends with oh. in an elevator. I feel special. Yes, you are special. Well, Very special. Well, I'm so glad that you would join us today. Thank you. So I have written down a couple things because I'm mm -hmm. not sure what you call yourself. Because you have many names. So oh, no, no. <laughs> are you, like, we have, you know, obviously Wendy, but yes. also, like, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Are mm -hmm. you the Bravo headhuntress? Oh, God. The founder yeah. of Halter Ego. Like, you're such, like, a dynamic woman. Thank and you. you have so much in your background Thank and so you. many things you do and how you help people across various industries, categories. So, like, how how now do you, would you, like, define yourself or describe yourself? You know, um, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily put a name to it necessarily. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do have multiple businesses, mm -hmm. uh, two main ones. Um, I'm the daughter of an entrepreneur. So I grew up surrounded by people who were really figuring stuff out for the first mm -hmm. time. Um, I remember when I was really little, Ray Harryhausen did a lot of the special effects on like the King Kong movies, mm -hmm. the OG ones. And I remember being really little and looking up and there were all these like little models. And I was like, oh my God, all these cool worlds. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was always around people that were just always asking like, well, why not? Um, yeah. But for most of my career, I was actually an executive recruiter. And um, I worked with companies that were really looking to innovate and differentiate themselves. And we would place the leaders who were the first of. So that was what I did most of the time. And then about seven years ago or so, I just really felt I wanted to, to have a company that made stuff that yeah. wasn't where I wasn't the product. And I'm an equestrian. I've grown up riding horses. They've changed my life. Um, they're really a foundational part of my life. And I saw an opportunity to have a lifestyle, create a lifestyle brand. Um, and originally I was actually going to do a guilt group kind of thing where, sure. um, you know, we'd buy, buy closeouts and what have you um, and have like an equestrian guilt group. But then I realized that equestrians actually don't want to save money. <laughs> um, they like to spend money. It's a luxury lifestyle. And if you have a horse, you typically have money. Um, it's the only thing I would say that when I talk to other people, when I mm -hmm. talk about how I have all boys yep. in hockey, mm -hmm. 
the only people who say that there's something that's more expensive is equestrian. They're yeah. like, oh, you're lucky you don't have to have yeah. horses. It's crazy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the cheapest thing about riding mm -hmm. is if you own horses is the cost mm -hmm. of the horse. And um, I just saw an opportunity and I had gone to fashion school um, when I was younger. I worked for the London Institute of Fashion and I thought, you know what? I'm going to design something. I'm going to design different styles of breeches, different styles of bridles. And mm -hmm. it just took off. And during COVID, because it was quieter on the executive recruiting front um, in 2020, especially, I was able to really focus on it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just boomed. And we're now in like 20 retail stores and continuing to grow. And um, I'm super passionate about it. I'm super passionate about recruiting. If anything, I actually feel everybody should do should should you know flex their muscles in different ways because mm -hmm. you bring a different perspective now i truly understand the companies that i recruit for you well know? and you've worked with massive brands mm -hmm. amazon google yeah. nike mm -hmm. dreamworks yeah. like some massive yeah. companies mm -hmm. how have you seen that shift from when you started i mean i know you mm -hmm. you're only like 26 and you haven't aged since i've met you but, but how i'm in la i can't age yeah <laughs> totally but how has that changed from when you first started out to like through COVID because mm -hmm. we had like also 2009 was a big shift yeah. and then you had yeah. the COVID shift yeah. and now kind of coming out where we're still trying to figure out what things look like but there's all these new jobs too yeah. where it's like chief metaverse yeah. and all yeah. these different things that yeah. I don't know if people were skilled to even do yet you know I feel like we're a tagline country mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. I mean I was interviewed actually I think by Bloomberg I mean, there was like, you know, two words by me um, in it, in an article. I'm gorgeous. Uh, yeah, no, no, it was, I don't know. Um, but it was kind of like about chief, Meta, you yeah. know, the, the the rise of the chief metaverse officer, mm -hmm. which honestly, like nobody's really talking about it as much. Mm -hmm. Now I think they're calling it the metaverse, you know. <laughs> um, I feel like what's different is that before COVID, there was a real reason, right? There mm -hmm. was... Um, a body of there was a track record where it made sense to make changes mm -hmm. right whether that was in your business strategy or creating new technology to drive a deeper connection with your customer yeah. product development had more meaning and vision behind it um and then during COVID it just felt like it's like let's just throw this at the wall let's mm -hmm. let's do this okay okay we're not doing this now now we're doing this mm -hmm. and now we're um creating um, physical products that are going to go with the uh, digital avatars mm -hmm. and, you know, all of these things that weren't based on whether people actually wanted it or not. Yeah. So it just felt like in some ways, a lot of the hiring kind of lost a little bit of purpose. Mm -hmm. um, the why, like, why would you do it? And I think, again, it's because people weren't as connected. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of COVID, I really felt like something magical was going to happen. We were mm -hmm. going to come out with more, just more connection to each other like we had gotten through this mm -hmm. and I think if it had lasted a year we probably would have yeah. but two years another two years mm -hmm. like I mean we're still only just coming out of it I think that you know I don't know I, I look at a lot of our clients and they're laying off now all of the people that they'd hired um, they're really re trying to figure out whether the strategies you know the changes they yeah. had made were the right ones or not um and they're still trying to be profitable i mean it's it's a really weird time and you've got inflation and you've got the ukraine yeah. and russia i mean like it's it's a crazy time it's, it's hard i think it's overwhelming time. because you don't even know where to focus yeah. or what to focus or how can yeah. i make a difference and yeah. what should my difference yeah. be yeah and i think going back to what you're saying too what what is my why so if i'm just getting placed at mm -hmm. a company i might also mm -hmm. not know my intrinsic value yeah. of what what's my purpose of being yeah, here? Yeah, and like is my skill set even measured and yeah. valued in that yeah. way? Because yeah. it's spaghetti at a wall. Well, and just kind of talking about the driver's seat, mm -hmm. right? So one of the things, 
in an article I read because mm-hmm. I am totally yeah. cyber stalked. Yes. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Completely. Did I say? Did I say something? No. no. But you talk about how you loved running your own businesses because you can be in the driver's seat. Yeah. So you feel like oh, you, you can read that. Man, it, yeah, I did. Well, you it's found that one. Beautiful oh, pictures too, you. by the way. Thank um, you. So, uh, yeah. but you could be in the driver's seat to run your own businesses, yeah. and I think even now it's a little hard to feel like you, even yeah. as, oh, as a business owner, you can still, mm-hmm. you know, drive. You Ride know, the horse, steer the horse, whatever, you know, whatever the analogy is. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I The one thing I love about the e-commerce company that I founded is that um, if there's a problem, I can fix it. If a customer has an issue, um, mm-hmm. we can fix it. Like we can really respond to whatever, you know, mm-hmm. a, an issue is. Um, and I do feel, and also we can, you know, if we need to make more money, we can put things on sale. Or if there's a mm-hmm. shift in what people want, we can develop new products. There's something about having a physical product company that I'm loving because you really get to know people and what they want. And I mean, this is a very niche uh, lifestyle business, but um, there's just something about it where you can leverage all of the data, all of the behavior and come up with things that people want mm-hmm. or course correct or you know, there's like something where you do feel kind of empowered. I didn't feel that way as a recruiter, to be honest, because I felt like we are hired to bring in leadership to fix another problem that we or or to bring something to the table when we don't really know the whole story, sure. you know? So we're hired and we're actually, I think I've only ever had one person who didn't work out in my entire career as a recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're really good and I, I think I'm a really good recruiter. The um, Bravo headhunters. The, the headhunters kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a place for intuition mm-hmm. and um, I don't think, yeah, I'm, I'm rarely wrong. And I don't mean that in a pompous way. It's just that, <laughs> you know, I understand business. I understand people. Mm-hmm. And it was great to do the matchmaking. But um, during COVID, I really did. I honestly, I was like, why is everybody, why are they all rushing? Why are they all like, what's mm-hmm. the hurry? Because yeah. we don't know day to day what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I think that's maybe also why I'm not good at just sitting still. Mm-hmm. I have to do stuff. And I think the ability to then focus on halter ego and growing that um, was a godsend for me. Also, mm-hmm. the fact that we were outside, we were riding horses. Mm-hmm. So that was the only way I could get outside. Um, yeah. I didn't even have to wear a mask, you know, because mm-hmm. no one was coming in, you know, within six feet of me because I was riding my horse. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something about that. And I think um, as humans, if we don't feel like we're in control and then you add to that, like, you know, isolation, mental illness, whatever, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of, it's it's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and- I don't know if I answered your question or not, but... I don't, just I'm, I don't remember. <laughs> but no, it's Sorry. great. And I, but I think looking back too, to like having that lifestyle brand products that are more tangible, you can feel them, you can see them. You can also see from your customers what they're loving and what they're enjoying. And the horses, like you get like real, probably good feeling out of what totally. you're doing. Cause you can see it. You know, what's really cool though, I have to say is that, um, and I still have many days like this where I'm like, I have no freaking idea what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> like I would interview, uh-huh. I mean, in, as a recruiter, right. I mean, our clients were in the top 1% mm-hmm. of whether tech or retail brands. We placed the top 1%. Mm-hmm. I have interviewed some of the most interesting people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even interviewed once. I did a lot of chief economist searches for Amazon. Um, and uh, Not chief economist, but economist uh, searches. And um, I interviewed Obama's uh, chief economist. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh, my 
God, I'm on the phone with this guy who's like one of the smartest people in the world. And I'm sitting there thinking, what could I possibly ask him that would be interesting? But then, you know, I realized actually the gift here is that I'm learning so much. Mm -hmm. And taking that and then thinking, okay, well, I learned this from that person. Um, I'm now going Mm -hmm. to implement it. The reality is until you do something, you don't know. And I just have become really passionate about thinking that people need to try different things mm-hmm. and sharpen the saw, right? Keep mm-hmm. Not just keep their own skill set, but also just be open to learning something else. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm learning about marketing and, um, you know, paid media. And I, I'm a complete analytics and data geek um, mm-hmm. and the information that you have around consumer behavior and pricing. Pricing is like the most fascinating aspect of e-commerce to me customer experience I mean really Mm -hmm. honestly like if people love your brand they love interacting with you you could pretty much sell them anything as long as it's useful to them but maybe even things that they don't really need because they believe in you they like you they want to give you their money Mm -hmm. um I've just learned so much about people and it's uh, I love it I love it um Mm -hmm. I still love recruiting um but there's just something that's really cool about learning what the people that I, you know, the leaders I was placing kind of at a very small scale, the things that they were, you know, dealing with. So it's yeah. been, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. So when it comes to products too and getting customer feedback, mm-hmm. how do you know what they're, what they want or what you should design or like, how do you stay ahead of that? Because especially in such a niche, like high end yeah. brand with probably various personalities. Mm-hmm. And there's also probably a little bit of like in Minnesota mm-hmm. during like lake mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. everyone's looking at each other's boats, like who's got the biggest oh, boat, yeah. right? Or who's got the best one. Oh, so in, and I'm sure in this Seriously. like sport, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, who's yeah. got what? Oh, look at that bridle mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. it is, or oh, her yeah. pants. So yeah. how do you stay ahead of that? Well, and know what to put out there. Well, I mean, you, you kind of hit on it. Like equestrian usually especially women they will tell you what they Mm -hmm. think they will tell you what they want they will tell you what they don't like um they're very i mean literally they will text email we use um the gorgeous platform recently but um they really do feel like they're having a direct one-on-one conversation with us and they actually are but it's it's in a way that i would never like reach out to victoria's secret and in indignant about something or you know i would never expect even somebody to get back to me within like more than you know less than 48 hours or something um there's a um it's a very high demand uh lifestyle um but we ask them you know I mean also as an equestrian myself um and I I think I am very representative of our amateur customer uh not the professionals but um you know in terms of life stage um earnings body type that kind of thing um so you know I know from that and then we, we ask them, we listen, mm-hmm. they're very vocal. Um, and I was listening to something the other day, one of the podcasts I listened to, can't remember which one, but um, a big learning for me was, um, it's so important to make products for the customers that you have and mm-hmm. to not make products and then try and find the customers. Mm-hmm. And we were guilty of, of continuing to make more and different products and I think you have to get to a certain level of maturity where you actually know who your customer is and you know what they want and then give them more of that. Sure. Um, but it's, um, you know, you have to have a dialogue. You have to have a connection with your customer. Otherwise, you really shouldn't be in that business, especially if it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that you've got to be credible. You have to 
be, you know, customers have to think that you actually know what you're talking about. Um, but then you have to ask. We've started doing a lot of live streaming. Yeah. Um, you know, once a week we do a, a live uh, sale. And it's not a sale mm -hmm. as in like a discount or promotion, but it's a, hey, let's tell you about these products. Mm -hmm. um, and it really is fun. They usually go on, they're supposed to be an hour. They usually go for three or four hours. But I feel energized afterwards because the interaction and the dialogue, um, it's been really important to our kind of product development process. Yeah. But even tying into those customers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you're tied to them, mm -hmm. is that a much like, and I don't know if it's because of the equestrian mm -hmm. industry or whatever, mm -hmm. but there's so much more emotion. And so you tie in, I think, too, to the hopes, the dreams, the fears, like emotions that yeah. not naturally maybe aren't evoked or people mm -hmm. really focus on mm -hmm. with customers mm -hmm. and, and brands. Right. Well, you know, we're equipping people who are not, most of them are not professionals, to get on 1,500-pound animals yeah. and feel brave mm -hmm. and safe. I mean, sometimes I wonder, like, you know, I broke my neck. I have a fused neck and a titanium plate. Um, and I'm not, that's, you know, I know so many people that, like, literally mm -hmm. almost were paralyzed. And yet we still get back on the dang horse. Mm -hmm. And I often think to myself, what is, what is wrong with us <laughs> that we would still look, yeah. you know, death in the face or, you know, mm -hmm. Christopher Reeves. I mean, there's real dangers inherent. I mean, you have to be smart. But, um, I, you know, I do feel like we that's what we're doing. We are mm -hmm. outfitting horse and rider to have the best, most confident for them to be the boldest that they can be. Um, and that's really cool. We're mm -hmm. athletes. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone says, oh, the horse is doing the work. The horse is doing what you tell it to do. Yeah. And it will listen the better you get the more the horse will listen. Yeah. Um, and it really is like, I just, I mean, I it's do dressage now. It's a beautiful sport. Like, it is beautiful. It's, the it's, whole, like, yeah. the human and yeah. the horse, the whole. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason horses are used um, in, like, equine therapy. I used to think that you'd put someone on a horse and then a psychologist would, like, look at how you were in the saddle. But um, it's actually, like, you're on the ground, you're working with the horse. But mm -hmm. what's interesting is that the horse is, energy and everything will mirror what's going on with the human. Mm -hmm. And that's what the therapists are looking at. They're looking at how is the horse reacting to this person? Mm -hmm. And that gives them insights. Um, but the connection between, I mean, it's, it's centuries old, the connection between horse and human. Mm -hmm. I mean, prison systems use them for rehabilitation. Uh, children or people with disabilities, mm -hmm. there's a connection there, an unspoken language that can really be magical. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the reason we called the company Halter Ego, um, well, Alter Ego was taken, but uh, luckily, because I think Halter Ego is it's much a, better. You, really I cool. remember the first time you told me about it, I was like, wow, what a clever brand name. It was, I was, yeah. I, I don't even know how, I think it was just more like, oh, well, I want, like, who are you in the saddle? It's kind mm -hmm. of like when you go to work, right? You put on, yeah. well, you used to put on a suit uh -huh. or whatever, get dressed up, now you we're go all to just work. At home. I know, now we're. <laughs> Wouldn't that be true? I bet there's like a really cool blooper reel Maybe out there. Maybe there's filters that can just dress you now. I'm sure there are. Look, I mean, just one day we're going to wake up and it's going to be like, I'll probably be riding. I'll go into a room and I'll be on a virtual horse and I'll be having the best ride of my life. And it'll probably feel like I'm riding a horse. Mm. That'll be really sad. But, um, and one day we'll probably just print the outfit that we want. I mm. really hope we don't come to that because there's just a beauty in craftsmanship mm. that um, I really appreciate and that I think is just so important it's how we you know built our civilization but um yeah it's you know the the whole name was around kind of um really kind of helping you to feel like you can do anything mm -hmm. because 
horses are not predictable. Mm-hmm. And um, what I love about it, honestly, too, is that we do actually make people feel better about themselves. We mm-hmm. get emails all the time, like just saying, you know, I didn't realize, I, I had forgotten what it was like to feel good mm-hmm. riding, to feel like I looked good, uh, to feel ready and equipped. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we've actually looked pretty deeply around, like, what is the functionality? What kind of fabrics do we need? Uh, it's not just about fashion. I mean, when you're in the saddle, you need you need clothing to behave in a certain way mm-hmm. um, and you need to feel supported and you need certain properties. So we've done a lot of analysis around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just great. I mean, every day is, is a learning, um, you know, a learning opportunity for all of us. It's really cool. It's really great actually to not know what you're doing. I mean, for me, horses are not just horses, but designing, making real yeah. products. And look, I worked at Google. I worked at Yahoo. I worked for Amazon for like, over a decade like I have been in some of the most technologically advanced companies mm-hmm. and I've met some of the most amazing people um it's always actually I've always felt it was a privilege to not to be the dumbest person in the room because mm-hmm. you know like the learnings and just like speaking to people that were just so out of this world intelligent um but I'm really a, just loving doing things that are more tangible as well there's mm-hmm. just such value in it um and it's also the kind of thing where I look at it it's like well, you lose that if you scale a business too big, mm-hmm. too. Uh, you lose it if you become too distant from your customer. Um, yeah. I mean, it's I'm the eternal student, and I have to say this has probably been the most intense learning period of my life because I'm doing something that I really had no idea how to do. I'm figuring it out every day. Um, but um, it's so different to my other, my alter ego, um, as, oh. a, as an exec recruiter for some of these companies. I remember walking into rooms when I was in college, that that was the computer room. And it was like the computer was the whole room. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember dial up internet and thinking, I am never freaking going to work in tech. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I can't find anything. It's too slow. Yeah. Drives me crazy. Yeah. Oh, oh like, my oh God. Gosh, please I would get please cut connect. off. Please connect. <laughs> I mean, I literally remember a conversation I had with my mother. I was like, that, that's it. I'm never working in technology. And then I worked for three of the biggest tech companies, mm-hmm. um, which was great. I, I think we're all all just trying to figure yeah. out, be our, like, I think it was the bravest, boldest selves and figure out mm-hmm. how we how we make a difference in the yeah. world. I'm a kind of hippie, yeah. peace-loving, harmony yeah. type of person. But even just some of the things, I mean, like beauty by design, like I keep mm-hmm. looking behind your head because I see some of the designs and things like that on some of the stuff you do. And I was watching earlier when you showed me one of the girls in the back who's hand-making mm-hmm. mm-hmm. some of these products based yeah. on what the customer wanted. Yeah. And it, it's like, even those little things, I don't think we always celebrate, like, yeah. I'm making something that's going somebody to else. impact someone's life that will bring you joy to someone else. And maybe we don't understand always, like, the full capacity of what that yeah. looks like. But yeah. it's, you know, probably some of those little things that we, like, can grasp onto mm-hmm. and say, like, oh, wow, like, this yeah. made, you know, someone's day or they're on their horse feeling strong and proud mm-hmm. or whatever that is. It's really interesting. My husband will always say to me, you know, he'll say, the fees that we charge for exec recruiting, we're a retained firm, are big. And he'll say, you know, you can make so much money doing that. He said, but the joy that you have mm-hmm. making a brow band for someone's horse and that they are so happy and they've spent maybe a couple hundred bucks, if that. Um, he said, I've just never seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, you know why? It's, I said, because I'm actually making a difference to that person. Mm-hmm their horse, that part of their life is so important to them. And I've made something that they think is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And 
there's that's just like and makes them feel beautiful and makes them feel beautiful and then and makes their them parents feel, yeah. or whoever is watching yeah. you know there's so many people yeah. i think that you don't realize just how many people you impact mm-hmm. with something that maybe yeah you've now built i mean i remember when we first met you're oh like oh i have a side gig i just started you know I and know. it and there was a little bit of a presence, but now since like walking around it's, your showrooms yeah. and walking in the back where they're making these pieces and oh, like God, there's yeah. so much. And I just love like one of the things I think we miss in some of the technology mm-hmm. that I, I've mm-hmm. told people, like, if someone can develop this, I don't, you can steal my idea, but I'm like the smell I know that evokes the emotion. So like when you're, mm-hmm. when I was walking back through and you could smell leather. the leather yeah. and it reminds me like my, my grandpa was, um, he ran Tandy leather mm-hmm. in North Dakota. Oh my God. And so you always like, it reminded me of him and mm-hmm. how he would like make hand carved leather mm-hmm. and, and the horses my dad has like more quarter horses, mm-hmm. not equestrian, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. it reminds, it brings That's up those different business, memories and yeah. emotions, mm-hmm. you know? So I think sometimes totally. even just the smell and the texture and the feel of it, yeah, there's just so much to it. It was so funny. Um, we went to a trade show in Dallas, the American mm-hmm. Equestrian Trade Association. They have it twice a year. We'd never done anything like this. Um, so I didn't even have enough suitcases for all the stuff we were going to bring. So I went to Target one night. It was pouring rain because um, we've been having these crazy rains here. Um, and I was at um, the checkout and this girl um, kept asking me questions. She's like, so where are you going and what are you doing? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to this trade show, blah, blah, blah. And it was really interesting because she kept asking questions, but like she really wanted to know in a way mm-hmm. that like was just so genuine. Like most people are like, oh, did you find everything you needed, blah, blah, blah. But she wanted to know. She was like, well, what are the suitcases for and why are you going? And so what are the products and stuff? And she said, so, um, so I guess you're like a, a fashion designer. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah. you're right. I'm a yeah. fashion designer. <laughs> yeah. And and I was like, thank you. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. I never really owned it before. And yeah. I never really allowed it to be a part of my identity. I always felt guilty that I was doing this thing on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I actually went back after the show because we got to the show and everyone was like, we were swamped. It was like we were the belle of the ball. It was a really mm-hmm. humbling experience. I was totally overwhelmed. Um we were not, I mean, we got there and everyone had like their boots and there we were with a little rack, you know, and so close. It was just so, and a banner, maybe two banners. Um, but we were, we were, we were the bell of the ball and it was, um, it felt good. And you probably had yeah. newfound confidence from some stranger who gave you a yes. piece that you didn't think about. Yes. Like it's always fun. To and who wasn't that. flippant. Like yeah. she wanted to know yeah. and she was not going to rest until I kind of told her the whole thing. And yeah. it was just really cool. And the gift that she gave me was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, and now that's just another title. I didn't have that one down. Yeah. I'm a fashion <laughs> so designer. A fashion designer. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. No, but really. here's what's really cool is that we do it. it for horse and rider and that's unusual. So we've got all like the, you know, the riding gear, we've got the horse gear, um, we're looking into um, tech textiles that are functional mm-hmm. and restorative for both, you know, horse and rider and stuff. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on with textiles, but it's amazing. I mean, yeah. like we manufacture all over the world mm-hmm. and it's just fascinating to see the different kinds of manufacturing processes, yeah. the different textiles that are available, um, where things get manufactured. Mm-hmm. I mean, during COVID, I learned so much about having to move our supply chain. It was a complete, yeah. it was crazy. Um it's, I just hope that we really get back to that kind mm-hmm. of industrial aspect of America because there's just so much value in mm-hmm. in not 
leveraging technology necessarily, but in doing the work yourself and figuring it out and finding the right people to make stuff for you. I wish we had a manufacturing base here. Mm -hmm. It's a real shame that we don't because it would be really cool to be able to go down and just like drive down to, you know, to downtown LA and meet the person that's sewing the breeches. Mm -hmm. um, well, especially really if they cool. know that what they're creating and developing is also backed by you caring about them. Yeah, yeah. Right, and knowing that even if you're thousands of miles mm -hmm. away, there's mm -hmm. still that like sense of community even yeah. from a distance of, we really care about the products and the customers yeah. we're serving mm -hmm. and they're in like they're you yeah. know they understand the why of why you're designing it all in the first place you know place. what's interesting is that um there is a lot of prejudice in america we will have people that will say i don't want anything made in india i don't want mm -hmm. anything made in china i don't want any and i kind of am like well why not mm -hmm. um why yeah. not the reality is that sometimes things that are said that they're made in italy is that a Chinese factory has sent like a little kind of mm -hmm. team of people and the equipment and they're just making it in Rome or wherever it is they are. It's like, what is it about it being made somewhere else that you have a problem with? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever has a good answer to that. Whereas I think, you know, having a global partner who sees things differently, who makes things for competitor brands, them then being able to say, hey, these are the trends. Like we get a lot of information and, and inspiration and guidance from them. Mm -hmm. It's um Well maybe it brings a whole new perspective or something, a design that you yeah. would never have thought of or maybe a yeah. fabric or something, you know, anything. Totally. Yeah. Totally. It's um it's just it yeah, it's it's amazing. It really bugs me actually when people say stuff like that. It's like there's just this See, I think that's, again, an American thing where it's like, well, we're American. We want things that are made here. And there's not the kind of logical like, well, if it's made in the USA, I might have to pay $500 for it instead of $100. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like this magical thinking. Well, and but. it's interesting. So, like, even coming from my background, like, tying mm -hmm. a little bit of it mm -hmm. in it, from outsourcing, right? So. Mm -hmm. Call centers. We are yeah. not a sexy yeah. industry, right? Like everyone's like, "Oh, call centers." Every industry sexy. You call me warranty mm -hmm. complaints. I'm like, "No, nope, that's mm -hmm. like, that's not right, what all right. call centers mm -hmm. do." Or, you know, they all have these bias towards it. And what I've just taken finally, it's almost like the girl who told you, "Oh, you're a fashion designer." Yeah. You know, it took me having a couple of people from the outside say, "The amount of stuff you know yeah. from that industry because you're on this global field." Yeah. And you're talking to people yes. from all the different cultures. You know geopolitical issues mm -hmm. or just things across yeah. all the different industries and verticals. But you're getting high quality from people who in some countries are so excited to come to work and do their job yeah. and put the quality and craftsmanship totally. behind it, the so whatever, where in some places who they don't want those yeah. jobs. And so it's really finding yeah. those right people across the globe yeah. to who that's, totally. that's something that really is, holds true to them. Yeah, yeah, totally. I actually think call centers are totally sexy because it's the experience, right? But yeah. they can be, right? I mean, yeah. They could be not sexy, but it's always about how you feel or how mm. you may. I think they're very powerful, right? Yeah. If you've outsourced your customer service or what have you, it's really important that they are an extension of the brand and that they make you, the customer, feel the way the brand, you know, the people yeah. behind the brand want them to feel. It's mm -hmm. a really hard thing to outsource. It's kind of like digital marketing that's or email marketing. Mm -hmm. It's a hard thing to outsource to get the voice of the brand. I mean, customer service is so important. Look at the, company, the companies like Zappos. Um, yeah. People shop there because of the customer service. I'm sure that they probably outsourced some of it. I don't yeah. know, actually, but I think they did. Um, I think some but, of it. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I think for them, it's also figuring out how, if you do that strategy, mm -hmm. how do you make sure that no matter who they talk to, whether it's insourced, outsourced, because there's a lot of time yeah. to mix. Yeah. How do they all feel the same? 
Right. Like, how, how do you do that? I mean, how do you do that? Is that training? Is it? It really just depends on the size and scale, mm-hmm. but it's training. It's a consistency. It's making sure they know the why they know mm-hmm. the value behind it. Like who are they servicing? Why do you want them to feel mm-hmm. that way? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think it really just depends on each company and the size and magnitude of those customers mm-hmm. and how they want to be served or how you want to serve mm-hmm. them. But mm-hmm. it, it is really interesting just from when you look at the customers across the globe and across the industries, mm-hmm. I think Amazon kind of threw it out the window for mm-hmm. everyone where it used to be. If this is my bank, I want to be treated by, like this way. If this is my mm-hmm. grocery store, I want to be treated this way. And then with mm-hmm. Amazon, everyone's like, well, can't we all be treated that yeah. way with any company mm-hmm. we work mm-hmm. with? And so mm-hmm. now all the industries are trying to keep up and catch up with like, wait, now we all, th- yeah. our customers expect a really easy experience yeah. with us where we know who they are and yeah. we understand what they want. Mm-hmm. And so I do think the big thing is the, the contact centers when people do, whether it's in-source or outsource, have yeah. to get that information of what's happening. Because I mm-hmm. think sometimes it's, oh, now we put it in the customer care teams. And it's almost like they're, right. unless you have that loop back mm-hmm. to the product teams mm-hmm. or know what's Absolutely. happening, you have yeah. to make sure it's a, flu- a fluid across the organization. You know, it's funny. A lot of people have been, because we have a chat function you know, mm-hmm. um, on our site. And um, we were talking to an agency that we work with. And um, they said that they were starting to leverage chat GPT. I do not, like we're still, you know, I will respond to customer requests any time of day or night. Um what do you think about like things like ChatGPT and just bots? I I, I personally hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't interact with chat unless I can get hold of a human in some way, shape, or form. Unless yeah. it's something really easy, but I you know then I probably wouldn't be looking. I, I think it depends because I mm-hmm. think there are a lot of things that we have that customers have to interact with us where they shouldn't have to in the first place, right. like resetting a password, things like that. Where you're, mm-hmm. why is that yeah. even is something that the mm-hmm. customer has to reach out to mm-hmm. in the first place? Mm-hmm. And I think we put a lot of products to market without knowing and understanding how the customers will respond or mm-hmm. what the needs are. So then we get this influx of questions that come in for whatever product mm-hmm. or design, and then we wonder, oh well, why are they calling us? Yeah. Right. But then there's also that big gap a lot of times in organizations where the contact center has no idea what's happening over here. Mm-hmm. So th- it's very disjointed. And Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what's hard. Like with us, the kinds of questions that we get answered, asked are like, you know, I have a this kind of breed of horse and they're an in-between and, you know, how do I measure? And I mean, these are very specific questions. Yeah, That's something that we, we could not. I mean, one mm-hmm. of the areas that we have kind of started to struggle just because we're growing is, is customer service and being responsive and yeah. responsive, you know, quick, quick enough in our responsiveness. Um, and, you know, anyone who does customer service for a long time kind of gets a little burnt out on it. Um, especially mm-hmm. if you're dealing with like, you know, a high demand and high maintenance type of client. Um, mm-hmm. How do you teach people that? Yeah. Because that's a very specific, I, I think that's where it becomes really difficult to outsource, right? Or maybe yeah. not. I don't know. Well, I think it's different too. Like when you're smaller mm-hmm. and you, you are, you know everything, like you understand the free, mm-hmm. like you do, mm-hmm. you've yeah. done the sport or you were on a horse mm-hmm. at, at three mm-hmm. in Santa Monica. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like when you know everything about it and then you're trying to take that brain and apply it to all the other people who now are going to potentially support mm-hmm. the customers, it's really making sure yeah. You can take that knowledge because if I'm buying something that is really personal for me, mm-hmm. I don't want to ask some person who then is like, well, hold on, let me look up in the category description or let me look up. Right. On. It's like, well, I can read that too. Mm-hmm. I want to know someone who really understands what my needs are. Right. But I think it depends on the scale too. So I'd say by industry, as much as I, I'm mm-hmm. sounding a little bit hypocritical yeah, yeah, here, yeah, where yeah, like yeah. every industry, all mm-hmm. the customers want to be mm-hmm. the same. There are some that they don't want the cost to serve to be very high. So right. like if it's a cable company, mm-hmm. 
chat GPT might, going back to your question, mm-hmm. chat GPT might work yep, because yep. you're willing to put more risk in something that people kind of need mm-hmm, to work with your brand. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily always want to. Right. Where, but if you have uh, yeah. a very custom brand, it yeah. really makes sense to make sure whatever you're putting in front of your customer isn't going to cause more friction or mm-hmm. problem than it is going to be the solution. Yep, yep, yep. So I just think, I think a lot of times you have to be careful of what you're doing across because it, not everything works for everyone. Because I have to say that is one area. If there was a magic button mm-hmm. and you could and not have to hire someone because nobody ever wants to stay in those kinds of jobs. They want, mm-hmm. you know, they, they kind of get burnt out. And if customers are, I mean, they're not, it's not that they're not nice. It's just, mm-hmm. they can be really high maintenance mm-hmm. and, um, it can take weeks sometimes to resolve something. Um, you know, that would, I, I would flick a switch if I could like mm-hmm. find, if I could outsource it to in the right way, I mm-hmm. would absolutely do it yeah. because it's disruptive. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. like it, it breaks the flow and it's so important that we do have to see it through mm-hmm. to the end and we have to be responsive. And before you know it, the whole day's gone and you've been going back and forth on, you know, Shopify yeah. inbox or whatever with somebody about their mm-hmm. mix and match horse, um, which is really important and we're known for it. But it's 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 an interesting thing when I look at growth. Um, the thing, we're just as well known for our customer service and customer experience as we are for the quality of the products. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to scale that mm-hmm. level of attention. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, and you know. I think it goes, I th- I'd almost parallel it to what you were doing in like the, the brand, like recruitment, like mm-hmm. your talent matchmaking, yeah. you know, yeah. where you were really having to try as much as you could to understand it from the inside of their organization, mm-hmm. what they're looking for and who they want to mm-hmm. be hiring. Mm-hmm. And you're operating as almost an extension of their brand. Right. And you almost have to find partners who, mm-hmm. and be very particular about who you choose, like right. who can live and experience your brand in a way right. where they act as almost an owner in the company mm-hmm. and they care a lot about what every one of those right. interactions are. And I think the ones who do it most successfully, you wouldn't know who works exactly. for what company exactly. because there's this just a meshing of, we care so much about the customer and the customer is most important that mm-hmm. we're all here together to make sure that yeah. we're servicing them yeah. the right way. Yeah. Yeah. So where is that? I need, that's what I need. That is what I need. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and cool. I know we could talk here all day. I know. Totally. I feel like I went off on lots of tangents, but you I know, love that's it. what we but do. It, we spark off each other. But I think too, when your brain is in multiple places all the time, like, you know, whether it's, you know, halter ego mm-hmm. or it's catalyst or wherever yeah. you are and just learning from people all the time, I think it's, yeah. it's the only way you can, for me, it's the only way I survive is being able to stay like, you know, well, I you don't, don't sleep either. I don't. Sleep I know you will. I mean, I remember. But I was I, just so excited for today. I, I know, like, but I'm, it's so funny I'm though. Like, I probably I remember, have zombie eyes. <laughs> I remember texting you like once and I think where you were in the world, it was like 4am and you responded immediately. I was like, what are you doing? It's mainly just because like you're a VIP. So anytime <laughs> I'm like, so it, like, there's like gongs alarms, like, go off. Signal, bing, bing, like, yeah, there's totally. all of it. It's like, Wendy, it's totally. Wendy. So you're going to be my first call, my one call from jail. <laughs> then if I ever get arrested. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call Kai. <laughs> no, he wouldn't pick <laughs> no. up. My husband won't even pick up. I, yeah. I say this to them. I'm like, I could be dying on the roadside mm-hmm. and like, you would never know. No. You would never be able to say goodbye to me. Mm-hmm. I could be in jail. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they well, are not. Yeah, I will call you. Yeah, you'll be awake. I hope you're sleeping more because that is important. I do sleep, but I think there's some, I do the balance, right? Yeah. So I try to sleep a little bit, but then I have to have my catch up sleep. So everyone's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, It's important. I mean, really. Yeah. Yeah. I won't go into all that, but yeah. Um, well, it's and, important. Yeah. Yeah. And thank mm-hmm. you so thank much. You. It's always it's my, so like, my pleasure being like having you on and talking to people thank and you. having your expertise and experience of everything you've had, like, and all the stories thank from you. other people that you thank can you. share too. 
Thank yeah. you. And if I ever get into equestrian, like, you know. I'm <laughs> I know, like, I I've got to break always... into Western. That's like the biggest market yes, here, actually. Yes, because all my family in North Dakota, like, I'm like, we have, like, I wish I was like, I want to take all of these and like give gotta them. Got to show her the lace shirts. They love lace. Oh my gosh, yeah. Western girls, lace, they love it. sparkles, you know, yeah, all of I know. it. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. They really are bedazzled. What's really funny is that I am like the least bedazzled person at my barn. I'm just like, everything is black. It's not patent. It's very yeah. plain. Because I get, it's kind of like if you're a baker, right? Do you want to mm. sit there and eat cake all day? You mm. get to like, you know, taste a little bit as you're making the cake. Yeah. So I kind of am very conservative, which mm. is kind of hypocritical, but I no, get to I bedazzle think everyone can, else. You yeah. can enjoy everyone else's sparkle and then you're, you know. Totally. Yeah, yeah no, this them. is awesome. I can't wait to see all the, uh, you know, all of the yeah. other interviews or chats. I guess it's more like a, just a... Yeah. a chat format more conversations that maybe other people aren't mm -hmm. really having that mm -hmm. aren't aren't scripted it's just real yeah. conversation it's real topics and whether or not we go off on a thousand tangents i want to see yeah. that more i mean mm -hmm. people are just still so politically correct and saying i want to set you up for success and all of these platitudes we're going to lean in i mean like none of these honestly mean very much it drives me up the wall i would love mm -hmm. to see some real talk on linkedin in the mm -hmm. blogosphere like we're trying to figure this out and we have to come mm -hmm. together and all commit to figuring it out together. Yeah. I would love to see that happening. Well, guess what? You just created it. Aha. There you go. <laughs> Is that a third job? <laughs> no, yep, no, now you're hired. Whether or Every not time you I have another that. idea, my husband's like, yeah, that sounds like another business to me and that's a no. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. But why not? Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's our show. CX and Chill is a production of Exo Studios, the creative marketing arm of ExtendOps. With today's host, Stephanie Todd, executive producer, Sean McCreary, Producers David Spear, Clarissa Coronado, and Memo Devalos. Editors and videographers Santiago Aguirre, Alfonso Ramirez. Graphic support from Jordan Madrid, and social media guru Claudia Corona. <laughs>